Today, I want to ask the question, why can't we see God? And I, I guess I want to address this kind of on two different levels, right? I, one, sometimes people will say, why, if there's a God, why can't I see him? Right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a basic, like, I guess, apologetics level of how do you respond to that? And the other one is how the scripture says that if you see God, you'll die. So, yeah. which maybe is related to why we, he's not revealing himself to us. But exactly. anyway, we'll get there, I guess. But so why can't we... Why can't we see God physically? What were what what your thoughts on that? Well, I think the first reason is God is spirit. So John four twenty four says God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And I think the context of that passage is helpful just because in that passage, Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well uh, in Samaria and they're discussing like the location of where people should worship God. Okay. And he says to her that true worship of God does not depend on a location or a place, but only the spiritual condition of uh, uh, the person's inner heart. And that's because God is spirit. So it kind of shows us that God himself, right, is not limited to a specific location. He doesn't have size or dimensions that he, like, fits into, if that makes sense. Okay. So God, God is, I mean, this goes to like God is inherently different than us. Yeah. To put it in the most basic of terms, right? And so God's not going to be comprehended or uh, I- interacted with mm-hmm. um, in the same way that a human would be. Okay, so so God is spirit. That's helpful. Um, what, what more can we say about that? Yeah, I think it's important to think about that. Like think about that, the fact that God is spirit just because he forbids us to think of him as anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exodus 24, 6 says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. So that commandment has a lot of creation language, right? It says uh, heaven, earth, under the earth, these are things God has created. And the reason being is that it reminds us that God is not like anything that has been created. Mm. He's inherently different, like you said. And to think of him something as physical, physically created or something in the physical world is to m- misrepresent who he is. Yeah, so that command of against idolatry, that second commandment, mm-hmm. is not just a command to not worship false gods. Yeah. Because that's already covered in the first commandment. It's a command not to represent the true God with human means exactly to lower him to make him look like an old white you know bearded guy i meant the white beard <laughs> yeah. but he also is typically yeah, white, yeah. i guess but i mean i wouldn't yeah, care yeah. what skin color but the, you know the big fluffy white yeah, beard yeah, yeah. um is is the typical right like so you don't do that you don't lower you don't lower him to a, a human because any depiction of this god who is spirit is diminishing him exactly therefore you're worshiping him falsely that's good yeah i liked wayne grudem's definition on Uh, God's spirituality or spirit. And he says, God's spirit exists as a being that is not made of matter, has no parts or dimensions, is unable to be perceived by our bodily senses, and is more excellent than any other kind of existence. Hmm. Very interesting. don't make an idol because it's God's too good for that. Okay, good. So the first reason why we can't see God is because God is spirit. Mm -hmm. He's different than us. He's not contained. He's not perceived in the same way that we as physical beings are. What's the second reason? The second reason, it's kind of funny, but the reason why we can't see God is because God is 
invisible. <laughs> yeah. We can't see him because exactly. he can't be seen. Yeah, and there are a this lot of scriptures that show us that. So John 1.18 <laughs> says, no one has ever seen God. And John 6.46 says, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, so Jesus. Jesus, he has seen the Father. Hmm. And then 1 Timothy 1.17 says, to the king of ages, speaking of God, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Okay. So God is simply invisible. It's good to know. <laughs> yeah. It's good to know, which, which makes it even more significant, you know, one extra reason why the incarnation of Christ is so Amazing. significant. Yeah. I mean, that God would actually not just enter into flesh, but he become visible. We can interact with him. You could touch him, mm-hmm. right? He, eating human food, all these things that he does. It's truly an amazing thing. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, um, are there any benefits to God being invisible to physical eyes? Like, yeah, I I think there are benefits. And I was thinking about that question because, uh, like you said, people are like, why would I believe in a God that I can't see? But there's actually benefits to God being invisible. And the first one I would say is God himself decides, uh, who he wants to reveal himself to, Mm -hmm. which Matthew 11, 27 no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So God, it's saying God is the one, Jesus is the one to, that gives us grace to believe in him and that this grace is personal, right? Mm-hmm. So God is actually personally choosing you to believe in him, which is an amazing truth, amazing yeah. thing that we actually have a God who's invisible and he wants us to know him and invites us to know him. And then I think secondly, uh, it shows us as Christians, that we have to uh, daily seek God out, that we can't take God for granted, that we have to daily seek fellowship with this invisible God. He's not just like, I don't know, some person that you see on the street and you're just, you don't even care to say hi. It's like you have to make sure you're spending time with God in order to uh, have fellowship with him. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I think also I would add to that, and this kind of leads to our next point, I guess, but I would add to that that God is, is merciful. <laughs> yeah. Know? That God knows what we can handle. So let's speak about, let's talk about that side of things. Why is it that the Bible says that if you see God, you will die? Mm. Yeah, I think the main reason is because God's holy, he's eternal, he's, uh, yeah, he's a holy eternal being, and we are the exact opposite of that, yeah. right? We're sinful created beings. And if we saw, if the finite was trying to see the infinite, like we would utterly be destroyed. And I think of Isaiah, when Isaiah's sitting at the throne of God, he says, I am becoming undone. Like he's literally like, yeah. his particles are like, just, <laughs> I don't know, just undoing themselves. Woe is me, I'm, like, I'm dead. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good, um, okay. Yeah, so and and the the place we we see one of the places we see this I should reference is Exodus chapter thirty three, mm. verse twenty, right where where Moses is asking God to show him His glory. Yeah, and He says, "Man shall not see Me and live." Mm. So we are, and, and this is important because this points to something that is inadequate in us that we because we are sinful can't be can't see the full glory of who God is. Yeah, at least not at this point. Not, not in this condition, because it would overwhelm, destroy us. Mm-hmm. So, good, okay. And even then, right, he sees, he only is allowed to see God's back. Yes. Right, yeah. and then 
And when then he, he's like glowing. He, yeah, right? looks like he came out of like a deep fryer or something. He's just, yeah, it's like. Uh, it's like Donald Trump after a few tanning sessions. Yeah, exactly. He's just glowing. Um, That's good. How, so, okay, so how do we come to see God? Because the Bible points us to, even though we can't see God, that the fun, one of the fundamental human uh, purposes or aspirations is to see God, to seek after God, to see his face, right? There's tons of longing for this in scripture. Yeah. So how do we see God? Yeah, so I think there's a couple ways. And the first way is God has revealed himself through something called uh, general revelation, which is the fact that God has given us creation. He's made himself known uh, through the created world. So the fact that we have a created world points to a creator. Yeah. And uh, Romans 1, 18 through 20 says that. It says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible qual- attributes, so the like we're talking about, invisibility, uh, etern- uh, eternalness, uh, eternality, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Namely, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So we can actually see God's... Uh, eternal power and divine nature by the fact that there is even a created world. Hmm. That's interesting too, because it's, it's not saying to us, we can see everything about God, Yeah, but these specific realities of who God is are clearly seen. So you can apprehend some degree of who God is mm-hmm. through the physical creation. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, that's one, one way. Yeah. And then I think the uh, second way would be uh, going into special revelation, right? So God has revealed himself through, uh, a special means, which is through his word, the Bible, right here, this guy. And it's called revelation for a reason, right? Exactly. It's revealing. Him showing who he is. Exactly. Revealing himself. And uh, yeah, he shows us that he's real, that he's the one who created everything. He's the one that provides a way to reconcile us to himself. And he's done so through the words of the Bible, yeah. by writing the Bible uh, through the Spirit. And yeah, it's the Bible is God's, like you're saying, revelation of himself. He's showing us uh, those invisible invisible qualities that we wouldn't uh, otherwise know. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then I think the, the, the second way would be through his son, the person of Jesus Christ, right? So the ultimate revelation of God, the ultimate revealing of God would uh, be through the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? God sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, to reveal himself to us. Yeah. And John, Jesus says this in John 17, uh, the high priestly prayer, very famous. He says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Hmm. So it's amazing. Jesus literally says that the whole reason he's coming is to make God the Father known. That's his whole purpose. So if you want to know God, you believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And it says, Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Wow. So yeah. so Jesus Christ makes the invisible visible. visible. That's, that's very, very important. And not just because it's not that the, the important thing is his physical body in that sense of oh you see this person but it's that he is by cleansing us making us new you know revealing to us the father um and and that's what also transforms and changes us exactly that we see in in second corinthians as we're beholding the glory of god we're transformed Mm -hmm. by that 
So someday we're going, we see him now through his word, right? In a, in a limited sense. Yeah. But we see him in his word. We see him through the revelation of Jesus Christ, the salvation that's there. And one day we will see him fully and we'll be, we'll be able to handle it, right? Because we'll be glorified, yeah. perfected, sinless people forever beholding God and forever being uh, transformed into his image. It's an amazing, amazing thing that mm-hmm. we look forward to. And just when you, when you see, because there are times where God kind of pulls that curtain back a little bit and shows some of the reality of who he is, when that's seen in these limited ways in Scripture, it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you said, with Isaiah, others, it's an overwhelming thing. So one day we're going to see that, and there won't be the terror associated with yeah. it. It'll be joy, joy peace, and awe, yeah. and uh, yeah, happiness, bliss forever. Mm. So very encouraging. Uh, okay, so I, hopefully that's helpful for you. Uh, you know, as always, leave some comments, um, share with us any thoughts or, or verses that you appreciate as well, and uh, we'll keep digging into these topics. Cool.